This is Design Safe Radio, where natural hazards researchers strive to make our society more resilient to everything nature throws at us. Hey, hello, and welcome again to another episode of Design Safe Radio. I'm your host, Dan Zayner, and super excited to talk with my friend, Dr. Joe Wortman from the University of Washington, who is uh, one of the principal investigators at the Nary Rapid Facility and all-around good dude. Joe, it's good to see you again. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to finally make my appearance on Design Safe Radio. Yes, we've been trying to wrangle you for years, and we've finally uh, lassoed you into, into 40 minutes here. So um, jo- Joe and I, uh, outside of uh, you know, the, the uh, rapid workshop, which we'll talk about a little bit, um, we've gotten to uh, man the booth at the American Geophysical Union fall meeting a couple of times. So you may have seen Joe there and we'll always just have a really great time together and just appreciate his his depth of expertise and uh, ability to explain things in ways that uh, even a normal dude like me can understand. Uh, so really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the, the great things that the rapid is doing. So let's start off with what is the, the Nary Rapid facility and, and who does it talk about? We see these you know, rapid in all caps, like, what is that all about? <laughs> so th- that actually is a, um, is, a, is a name that we inherited from the proposal process, actually from the solicitation from the National Science Foundation, and we've stuck with it. Uh, when the first solicitation came out, there was a, uh, it was noted in the contract that there would be a rapid reconnaissance facility um, that would be part of the NERI network. And then that got written into our contract and then RAPID became our name. Our formal name is the Natural Hazard and Disaster Reconnaissance Facility. And uh, we usually put in the parentheses known as the RAPID. And then of course, within our NERI community, uh, everybody at this point pretty much know just, just as the RAPID. So it's actually not an acronym. Um, it's all caps because um, I, I think what, you know, one thing about the RAPID is it does like very much suggest the the kind of mode in which we work, which is we do rapid response research investigations. We're available on very, very short uh, notice in order to support teams who are investigating extreme events. And so um, I think that that certainly that term rapid conveys this. I think there is one point of confusion that I I would like to, to clarify a bit, which is that the National Science Foundation also has a rapid research grants as a program mechanism or as a funding mechanism to enable support for collecting data in the field without going through a full panel review because it's usually very time sensitive or urgent. And so sometimes people confuse the rapid mechanism grant from NSF with the rapid facility. Uh, We're actually two separate entities. We don't give rapid grants, uh, but we do support uh, programs and projects that have been uh, that have been enabled through that NSF rapid funding mechanism. So, uh, Dan, I don't know if I've confused things even more, except to say that we're <laughs> the natural hazard and disaster reconnaissance facility that's uh, otherwise more commonly known as the rapid facility. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that, and, and uh, it, I will admit that even being so close with Nary, sometimes I even get confused with it. Um, what kind of people, who, who does this, uh, your facility, not necessarily the funding mechanism, uh, benefit? Who do you guys primarily serve? 
So we principally serve the NSF research community and specifically that community who's investigating and conducting research in the, in the areas of, uh, of natural hazards and the disaster sciences. And so I think one of the things that's unique about our facility is that in contrast to a lot of other NSF facilities that are very disciplinary focused facilities, we're more of a problem-based facility. So we support kind of a wide range of scholars um, and also practitioners as well. So we support social scientists, engineers, and natural and physical scientists and, and geoscientists as well. And then of course we do this sort of at all kind of seniority levels. We work with faculty, we work with graduate students, we work with undergraduate students on some of these, we work with postdoctoral scholars. So we really work with, with whoever the team is that's been composed to, um, to in investigate or to collect the, the field data. Uh, we also work with some federal agencies as well, and um, we're again our principal focus is 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 really on the National Science Foundation and supporting that work. And we have plenty of um, of, of work in supporting the the foundation. But um, if we have the the capacity, we can also support federal agencies on an as needed basis. Awesome. It it's been really cool to see the the growth of the rapid since your inception of was it twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? I can never never remember when you're. In 2018, we became field operational. So our grant enabled us to build the facility over a two-year period. And while that seems like a long time, um, that really was physically not. building the space here at the University of Washington. And in addition to doing that, hiring staff. But really, the most time-consuming part was in getting community feedback on the kind of instruments that they would like to see to help support their science, and then commissioning and procuring and training on those instruments. And it was quite complex. We have over 300 instruments and, and over well 100 over unique instruments. We have some duplicates of some of those. So we have many different software programs. Uh, there was just a, it was really a pretty steep ramp up in, in, in becoming field operational, but we did open the doors um, on schedule in September, 2018. And then since that time, uh, we have supported uh, something in the order of about 90 field missions. Wow. And, and, and some of those range from hurricane response to really interesting things, which we'll get into a little bit about your background from New Zealand. Um, but kind of the gamut from a couple of days, short things to local operations in the Pacific Northwest and even as far afield as Southeast Asia, I believe. So there's all sorts of things that you guys have been involved in. Yeah, we've traveled worldwide and um, we just had a deployment in Germany supporting a gear mission that was looking at erosion uh, induced by some of the major floods that occurred last summer and that undermined wow. some historic bridges. Uh, that's just a recent example. Other recent projects are the Marshall Fire in Colorado. Um, so we have a lot of projects based in the US. There is a bit of a seasonality to what we do. Um, understandably, we have a lot of focus on the southeastern United States in the kind of like mid summer to early fall time when we see a lot of hurricanes. Um, impacting those regions, most recently Hurricane Ida, where we had a, a large deployment in October. Um, and then, of course, there's other events like earthquakes that are associated with no seasonality um, and, and that can occur, you know, in any kind of seismically active part of the world. I would say that the thing that has really changed over the last couple of years is that we've had a growing focus and interest in wildfire and its secondary effects. And that really mm. was not on our... It was certainly within the landscape uh, when we conceived the facility, now something in the order of about seven years ago, but it's really kind of grown quite, prom 
pretty prominent. And that one is a is a bit of a place based uh, hazard. It's you know principally on the on the west coast, and there is a fire season. It used to be a lot smaller, and that fire season is is really striking in the way that it has expanded in time. Uh, but we'll be entering that fire season in the summer, and that will likely continue through all of the fall. Yeah. So you talked about you know, the, the conception of the rapid, you know, up to seven years ago, and we've been we've been active since 2018. What are what are some of your your goals, either continuing or, or new goals for the next few years? So uh, with the renewal grant that we received now, just about uh, perhaps about a year ago or so, um, we have. Um, we, we've, we've, one thing is we've modified our mission just slightly. Uh, we've modified the mission uh, so that we now focus on enabling transformative research by providing investigators with the instrumentation, software, and support services that they need to collect, to process, and to analyze perishable data from natural hazard events and, and from disasters as well. So what's new in that mission statement is the transformative research aspect. And really in thinking back to the first perhaps 50 missions that we helped support, we kind of really stepped back and, and we were preparing the renewal proposal, said, you know, what can we do better here? How can we better support transformative science, which is really the focus of NSF? And, and we decided that the best way of doing that was to have more of an emphasis on post-processing and offering users additional support when they get back to the field. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Design Safe Radio. This show is sponsored by the National Science Foundation grant number 1612144. You can subscribe to Design Safe Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please leave us a review so we can improve the show. Please also help others find our episodes in iTunes. Thanks for your feedback and support. You can find out more about NARI at designsafe-ci.org on Facebook at Design Safe Radio or on Twitter at Nary Design Safe. <laughs>